Hey now, we're doing this live. You're listening to the Julio from New York show 2.0, episode 140, History Has Its Eyes on You. Recorded live on Sunday, July 5th, 2020. This here is my audio diaries where I rant, I rave, I reminisce, and I spew whatever is on my mind. It's been about two weeks since the last recording, so today's episode will be very media-heavy. A lot of stuff that I've watched and, and consumed, nothing else really going on with my life except the usual stuff that I don't want to bore you with. So, if it's your cup of tea, by all means, sit back, relax, and unwind. Of New York City! Otherwise, there are a plethora of podcasts out there for you to listen to. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we'll get we'll get right on it as soon as the music stops, and um, yeah, let's get ready for that. Would you look at that? I got the applause in there just in time. And welcome back to the show once again. I'm your host Julio from New York. This is episode 140. History has its eyes on you. There's a reason for that title. Uh, and we're recording on Sunday, July 5th, the day after Independence Day. So, you know, let's get right to it. So as I mentioned, it's been two weeks since the last recording. I believe June 19th was the last one. So almost a month, actually. But no, about two weeks, more or less. Uh, anyways, so uh, obviously the primaries happened in New York. I did an early vote for that. Uh, it was a hassle to uh, get into it. Um, I don't re- even remember the details all that much. I know I, I walked all the way down to um, Steinway thinking, uh, well, according to the address and, and mapping, it's closer to me uh, compared to everything else, but that wasn't where I had to go to vote. Apparently, I had to go to a different district, so I ended up you know, taking the train. I walked about a mile and something first, and then I took the train the rest of the way to the correct polling i almost wasn't going to do it but whatever i was already out and about and i wasted most of my day half of my day doing that anyway other than that nothing else really has been happening other than a lot of media consumption i've been just doing the same old rigmarole of work and then doing chores on my days off and uh yeah that's pretty much it so you know, speaking of that, let's just get right into it. Let's do the ent- Oh, wait, one other thing I did do, uh, of course, that's not really entertainment-wise. Um, I am experimenting with the beta software of iOS on my watch. So I have a, um, Apple Watch OS 7, I believe it is, and um, iOS 14 on my phone. I don't dare put beta software on my Mac or my iPad because those are my two daily uh, use computers. Well, those are my computers, I should say, that I need to work normally, especially for this podcast here. So I can't be messing with those things, whereas the phone, worst case scenario, I can always reboot it, uh, you know, refresh it and set it up again. And it'll be a hassle, but it won't really mess up my day. But if I mess up the iPad... Uh, there's just a lot of content on it that I don't want to have to re-upload. And the computer, well, the computer is, you know, it's it's a computer. I don't want to have to re-configure that as well. The phone is not as much of a hassle, even though that is the one I, of the of all my um, devices. I use my phone more than anything. An iPad comes close second. But 
the phone is something I'm I'm okay with uh, messing with because it's not really. I don't use it like a computer. I use it like a like a smartphone. So the iPad and the computer I use like computers, and so I need them to work as such. So yeah, other than iOS beta software and the uh, primary voting, uh, the rest will be in the next segment. So let's get right to it. Okay, and we're back. So, let's see. Um, so, the weekend of the primary, because like I said, I did early voting. So, I didn't vote on Tuesday, the, elect- the day of uh, the primary election. I voted on that Sunday because uh, it was my day off. And, um, yeah, I-, I figured I'd beat the traffic. So, after that, um, I, um, well, I had, like I mentioned in the previous episode, I, I watched the uh, Bruce Lee documentary. And then I ordered uh, his greatest hits from the Criterion collection. Uh, but I still had an itch to watch uh, some Bruce Lee. So I do have a DVD copy, a current DVD copy of Enter the Dragon, even though I'm going to get a, a Blu-ray remastered one. I'm not sure if it's going to be that much different from the DVD copy, but whatever, I decided to watch the movie again. So I watched that. And then... Um, in the extras, they talk about the successor to Bruce Lee, which are like, okay, I'm curious, who do they mean by that? And they were, and they were referring to Jackie Chan, which I wouldn't really call Jackie Chan a successor. But I guess in a sense he is because other than uh, Bruce Lee, the most, the next super famous, iconic um, kung fu actor slash superstar that has crossed over from from China to the U.S. is Jackie Chan. Jet Li had a couple of movies here and there, but and then of course Stephen Chow had two big hits that crossed over as as VODs. But he didn't really make any movies in the U.S. Um, he, you know, he had a Shaolin Soccer and a Kung Fu Hustle. Those were popular video on demand movies. But you know, he didn't really cross over the states. He's he's a much bigger star in China. Most people know him in China. Uh, but Jackie Chan actually has done American movies of, you know, of course, the most the very popular franchise, the Rush Hour movies, uh, as an example, with Chris Tucker, which are buddy cop movies, essentially, with uh, Kung Fu. So anyway, because of that extra in the DVD that mentioned him as the successor or whatever, it made me um, want to rewatch also Rush Hour 1 and 2 and, of course, see Part 3 because I never saw Part 3. So now I, on top of... Uh, and to the dragon, I, I ended up seeing three other kung fu movies, of which are Rush Hours one, two, and three, um, and they were fun. They're, they're definitely following the buddy cop formula in those Rush Hour films. And unlike Bruce Lee, who you know he's like he plays his archetype is essentially like Superman. He is unstoppable. He's invincible. Uh, you might get a couple of scratches on him, but he's always going to come out on top. Uh, you don't doubt that he's going to win in the end. Uh, Jackie Chan plays a much more blue-collar, humble, comedic character. He does a lot of slapstick in his uh, kung fu choreography. Um, and he, of, co- of course, uh, he's really big into doing action-oriented stunts, which, uh, because because of it, he he it's hard for him to get insurance through Hollywood to, uh, to insure his... Uh, accidents because he is prone to lots of them because he does these crazy daring stunts 
which I don't think Jet Li, uh, Bruce Lee would ever do. Bruce Lee tries to make his movies a little more realistic and therefore uh, more grounded, and so he doesn't really do these crazy high-wire acts that Jackie Chan is wont to do. So anyways, um, and then of course you you enter in uh, Chris Tucker's comedic acting into the you know, into the pot and you have a nice, uh, recipe for uh, a fun, fun franchise. And I think they, I don't know why, I'm not even sure why they stopped at three, but, um, I mean the director slash producer, Brett Ratner, he had a falling in Hollywood anyway. So that might play into that, I, I guess, or maybe the third one didn't do as well. I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, obviously I stopped watching after two, so that might be, uh, that alone might be a, uh, an indicator that after three, they, they realize, okay, let's uh, let's put it to bed uh, while you know while the going is good because we don't want to we don't want to beat the beat a dead horse. We had a good run. Three is not a bad um, number to end a sequel uh, to end the franchise on, though there are some franchises that never end. Like uh, Die Hard, I think wants to, wants to try to do that, and uh, so so anyways, um, I watched those uh, that same weekend and slash week because I saw one and two. After Into the Dragon, and then three, I watched somewhere in the middle of the week or something like that. Anyways, on to anime. Um, I was telling you about Ascendance of a Bookworm. Um, I ended up finishing it rather quickly, and I loved it. And I heard a season two is is coming, so I'm looking forward to that. And I also uh, started and finished another one called My Next Life as a Villainess, which is kind of cool. So this is a, another one. It's, this is definitely another isekai anime but this is definitely more i want to say it's more slice of life because there's not really anything epic going on and she's really doing a lot of uh simple everyday things but it's also there's a reverse harem going on and um because you know uh, harems generally are guys with a lot of girls reverse harem is girl with a lot of love interests in this case boys and girls alike so the main character is essentially from a video game from her previous life in her previous life she would play these uh, dating sim games and in the dating sim game there's this villainous character uh who i forget her name i'm not even going to try to remember i think it's clarissa or some nonsense but anyways that aside she um turns out she in her real life where she was a, a bookworm she had an accident and died and so now she was resurrected in this world that happens to be the video game that she played as a kid uh, or in her life I should say because she was a kid apparently when she dies when she died I mean and uh, she's living the life of this character from her childhood so knowing the because she you know she won she beat the game in all it, in most of its simulations um, she was still in the middle of finishing up the game so she knows the basic plot and the premise and the characters and she knows all the uh, quote-unquote death flag, death flags for her character, so she's trying to avoid them. The, the first one being her uh, her stepbrother, her adopted brother. Her adopted brother uh, was neglected as a kid, and so uh, he turns out to be this um, playboy or whatever. He's he's compensating for the lack of love he got at home, and um, and anyway, he he falls in love with the love interest who happens to be her rival, and because he defends the love interest over his sister, who uh, never really gave him a uh, time of day, you know that's one of her death flags. So she's like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna nip this death flag in the bud. I'm going to actually connect with him and and uh, always be there with him and and never neglect him. Just give him 
you know, sibling love because I've always wanted a brother, quote unquote. And so, of course, he does. She does. Um, and instead of him becoming her uh, her enemy in the future, he actually becomes, she, he develops uh, your typical anime uh, or, or manga uh, sister complex, meaning he, he wants to sister for himself. He, he's in love with his sister. Um, the other flag, which actually, so actually he was actually the second flag. The, the first flag is, is her fiance that from that he was in, she was betrothed to since uh, her infancy because of uh, the accident that she had. And so knowing this, knowing that um, he eventually is going to fall in love with this, this girl, this heroine character and defend her and kill and, and send her away. He's like, okay, so I have to find, I have to find her, his weaknesses. And instead of always being playing the jealous character and trying to smother him, I'm always going to give him a long leash. <laughs> so he, she finds out that he's uh, afraid of, definitely afraid of snakes. And uh, so she's always creating these toy snakes to, to test his uh, fear. And he's always, she's always trying to like push him away, essentially tell him like, you know, you, you never, um, whenever you want to fall for someone else, um, not only will I gracefully uh, give in and, and bow down and acquiesce, but I will also, you know, push you for it. I, I will push you forward. I will support your decision. And, uh, and also she's completely um, unconfined from the rules of, of her uh, class society because she's not um what's the word she's not acting like a noble lady which is she's supposed her character is supposed to be this noble lady so obviously they have these codes of conduct and behavior but she's just acting like her normal high school um tomboy herself so she's climbing trees and stuff and things like that and also so this guy has a brother who's another death flag and um he's jealous of the brother who's um engaged to her and he also is always obsessed with his um, comparison to the brother. And I forget exactly. Oh, he, he falls in love with this other girl or whatever, or he betrothes the girl. But um, she already became friends with him. So she already reversed that whole storyline because the line that he was going to say to her about being a green thumb, she actually said it to him because she starts picking up gardening because she's like, okay, I have to come up with a backup plan. If I lose my fortune... And uh, my place in society, how am I going to survive uh, a life? Okay, I'll, I'll develop farming skills because, you know, farmers can grow their crops and, and live off of that. And so she starts giving up developing farming. And so when she goes visits this family and she's admiring these flowers, she finds out this girl who actually was supposed to be uh, a side character in the game and not necessarily, not, not even have really any association with her, but because she praised her, her abilities as a, as a green thumb and actually invited her over to her house, making her her friends and building up her 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 um her sense of self. That woman became a, a yandir, uh, which is a crazy psychotic lover, um, and also a a uh, what's the word um a yaoi. I think it's yaoi when a girl likes a girl, a, les a lesbian lover, so so to speak, for 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 English purposes, because I I'm I'm blanking on the Japanese description for that. Yeah, I think. Uh, Yao, no, no, Yao is guys, Yuri is girls. At whatever point is, she, she now is in love with him. So now she has, right now, three people that were going to be her enemies or at least indifferent to her are now love interests. You have her fiance, who um, falls in love with her. His, his brother falls in love with him. Her actual brother, uh, or adopted brother, falls in love with her. The girl who's the fiance 
to her fiance's brother is now interested in her. And the other guy doesn't even care that her that his fiance is into her. In fact, when at, at first the reason why he fell for her is because he um he challenges her, like, why are you being this play why are you being like a playboy and you're seducing my my fiance away from me? And she's like, No, I'm not. How, you take that back and, and whatever. And so they start having challenges and the challenges are climbing, you know, tree climbing, because that's what she knows she can do. And so she keeps beating him. So every day she he would go there and challenge her into these tree climbing competitions and he would lose every single time. And um in doing those tree climbing competitions, he just started like falling for her because She's just completely different from anything she's ever seen. Um, and, uh, well, he's give, she's giving him attention that he never um, had. Like, she's challenging him and whatever. And then um, her brother, his brother, I should I rather, was, was visiting when he came in to do one of her challenges, one of his challenges. And, and he's like, oh, what are you doing here? He's like, well, this is my fiance. Of course I'm going to be here. And um, while wow, I'm really rambling on this show, well, I, I really liked it. So I guess I'll, I'll continue. Why not? Um, what was I saying? So anyway, the, the brother is like basically put, try, wants to put a stop to these tree competitions. And, and the girl at first is like is agreeing like, well, yeah, there's no point in doing these tree competitions. You never win. So um, but then um, but then she's like, you know, but let's so let's try something else. Since obviously you can't beat me in this. Let's try another competition. What what would you like to compete with me in? And then they decide on piano for some reason. I can't remember why. So she does a number. She did practice a this um, piano song for, I guess, for her piano lessons. And it was good. And then he goes on, and he's amazing. And she actually praises him for that. But he thinks she's just being um, polite. Because he, again, has this inferiority complex to her his brother because his brother's also good at music and actually gets all the praises at, at home, and he never does. So thinking that she's just, you know, being um, patronizing, he, he runs away in embarrassment or whatever and runs to the tree. She follows him over there. And he's like, she's like, what, what was going on? Why are you upset? Like, you, you, you were magnificent. He's like, ah, oh, yeah, stop it. I know. I know you're just saying that. My brother's actually better and blah, blah, blah. And then she tells him, well, no, everyone's good at, at what they're good at and they're bad at what they're bad at. I mean, I mean, even me, I'm not good at everything. I'm only good at certain things. And you know, I'm definitely bad at other things. And, oh, I know what your brother's bad at. And she, he's like, what? And he's like, he's afraid of snakes. So, and then she throws a snake out in the garden where his brother just happens to be there. And he's flipping out. And um, just that little brief moment of like, what? That's not really a weakness. That's just a fear. That's not really something I can say I'm better than him in because it's just, a, he has a phobia of snakes. But because she actually came there to make him feel better, and, you know, basically said, like, you can't really expect to compare yourself to everything. Everyone has their strengths and weaknesses. Giving him, him that insight changed his whole perspective, took away his inferiority complex. And because she was the cause for that breakthrough in his, um, in his um, mental grow, um, development, like, that became another, a seed, another seed uh, that will spark her being the love interest. Though he's compl of, of all the characters, he's the one most oblivious to his feelings towards uh, to to her. And now there's another character, um, this a girl who has white hair and red um, red eyes, and she has and she has a brother that is just a, um, a heartthrob. And even as a kid, he's a bit of a, a heartthrob, and everyone is um, obsessed with him. But they, because she has white hair and red and red eyes, they think she's um, they they I don't know it's. They consider her a freak or whatever. 
but she befriends him because she befriends her, I should say, because she um, finds a, a a fellow fan of uh, romance novels because uh, she sees her reading a book, or actually they made a she made a reference to a, a book that she was reading, and, and then because of that she became friends with her, and she actually doesn't see her white hair and red eyes as some as something that's uh, hideous. She actually sees it as as beautiful because it's unique. But because again, she's not from this world really. She's this is her second life. So in her, in her, from her eye, from her point of view, she's an anime character. She looks beautiful, and in, in, from an anime's perspective, and so this girl who had an inferiority complex um, because of that um, becomes completely devoted to her because this girl appreciates her for she, who she is, and um, and the fact that she came to her be her her friend not because of him but because of her her own her own. Um, inner abilities or whatever you know she she befriended her for who she was as a person versus uh social standing or who she's related to or anything like that um that made him not only appreciate this uh friend of her of his sisters but appreciate the person and of course that makes him fall for her as well even though he knows that his best friend is her fiance and uh, and so he was another death flag because he's also supposed to be one of the characters that the heroine is supposed to fall in love with and then of course you know once she grows up and the scar that she developed grows away he's like she's like see look i'm healed you don't have to live up to your uh your there's no death anymore you don't have to be uh, engaged to me you know this is what she says to her fiance and he's like no no i still see it you're you're still disfigured and so i i must be responsible and uh you're my fiance, and there's no, there's no uh, backing down from my, uh, my, my, from what I swore because I am a man of honor and blah blah blah. Because of course he's in love with her and he doesn't want to let go of her at all. Whereas in the game he didn't care for her, but because she's not the same character and she completely changed their whole relationship, she completely changed um, her whole her whole personal personality is different from the character that she is because the character that she was was this horrible person, mean to everybody, completely selfish, and so on. And she's actually the opposite. And so because she had a 180 degree of personality, her, her personality is 180 degrees from the game character that she's representing. She's completely changed all the fortunes and all the death flags became love flags for her. And even her uh, her parents, she fixed their relationship because her mother thought her father was cheating on her. But it was, it was actually a misunderstanding. And because of her having this awareness, she fixed that part, her... Um, made who the character completely always abused and whatever she actually was caring for her and um grateful to have her in her life so that developed a strong loyalty from her maid and um yeah everyone is completely in love with this character so she actually became the heroine even though she's supposed to be the villain in this this video game that she's uh in, in living in and even the heroine she befriends instead of becoming her her uh, arch rival they become the best of friends and she actually prevents uh, people from bullying her and so on. And so she ends up being the hero in the game and in, in the end of it all. So it's, it's, it's a fun isekai slice of life kind of, I guess it's just an isekai then because it's not really slice of life because there's actually a, a, a plot, a growing plot, uh, which is the death flags towards the end. Um, and she, she happens to win everyone over. Anyways, I, I began and, Finish that just as fast, if not faster, than a sentence of a bookworm. Because once that was done, I, I started. I needed to find something else and to scratch my anime itch, and that was it. And then 
I brushed through that. So now the next one is, of course, uh, Upload. I finally finished that show. Um, and it had a good ending. It, it definitely left ended on a cliffhanger. Um, it left more questions unanswered and uh, uh, some plot twists in the end. I don't want to spoil anything, but second season uh, has a lot of promise. And from what I heard, there is a second season that's that's upcoming. So hopefully it lives up to the expectations that they set in motion. And uh, yeah, I, I definitely recommend you check it out. It's it's a fun show. It's only ten episodes, and uh, they're like they're they're thirty minute episodes, so five hours of your time. And um, yeah, I don't want to spoil that away, uh, like I did with uh, the anime, because I don't think most people most people watch anime, uh, at least the ones I watch anyway. So it's not a big deal to spoil those. Uh, but upload, I think, is definitely more general audience, uh, much more mainstream demographic than my next life as a villainous. But of course. The big one, the piece de resistance that the subtitle of my show is based on, Hamilton. So the show Hamilton, towards the 500th performance or whatever, um, Lynn Miranda and company decided to film it for posterity and to possibly release it as a, as a theatrical uh, release, as a movie. Uh, sometime in the future because, uh, you know, they wanted to preserve it and with the original cast and have everyone experience it in in a fashion instead of... Because obviously not everyone would have the possibility of seeing them, especially because they're not doing the the, movie, the show anymore. It's been... They, they've since replaced the cast numerous times. So in 2016, they filmed it and they were going to release it sometime, um, I don't know, around Christmas or December or whatever, but because of COVID-19 and Disney, well, everyone isn't filming anything right now because uh, they can't because of, again, COVID-19. Uh, but this thing is there on the shelf and um, it's available. Uh, so Disney paid a good, I think it was 75 million. That's what I last heard. So Disney paid for the rights to exclusively stream Hamilton on their platform, on their Disney Plus platform. And so I am very glad that I got to finally see it legitimately uh, with the original cast, because I did uh, in the past download a, a legal, an illegal version of it, which wasn't so good. It was crappy quality. And, uh, you know, but, but I was desperate. But whatever. Now I got to see it, the original, the actual official filming of the original cast. And it blew me away. I'm actually about to see it a second time to try to catch other aspects that's happening around in the in the background with the dancers and the choreography and, and the uh, lighting and, and props and whatnot that I did not notice in the first try because there's just so it's I mean, it's a theater production. There's so much things going on and theater is meant to be seen live and meant to be seen multiple times if you can, if you can afford it, which most people can't. Because of that reason, because there's a lot of moving parts and you want to catch it. And, and Hamilton is definitely very dense uh, with the lyrics, of course, the, the music, the uh, soundstage, the dancing, the choreography. The stage even moves around, uh, the lighting, all of it. So it's, it's definitely well worth watching. Uh, for those who don't know what Hamilton is, where have you been? Been around since 2016, four years. So a lot of people... Uh, know of it um, a lot of hip-hop artists like it i'm a fan i'm a huge fan of it and i finally got to see it and it was amazing 
So I think uh, that's that's all I have left to say. That's it for the show. <laughs> if you have any questions, comments, what have you, you can always reach me at juliofromny at gmail.com. You can go to my webpage, juliofromnewyorkshow.com. And I guess you could try to reach me on Twitter, but I'm um, I'm not there anymore. I mean, my account is active, but I don't I don't visit often. At Julio from NY is my username, and that's it. So until next time, thank you for listening. <laughs>